If you have your Bibles, please go to Mark uh, chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. If you don't have uh, your uh, Bibles, we have the scriptures on the screen. So let's um, let's read this. It says, it says, that day when evening came, he said, he meaning Jesus, said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, he took, uh, they took him along just as he Uh, was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, he talked to the waves. He literally said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So today we're we're starting a brand new series. It's called Vision Sundays. And we're going to be talking about the core values of our church. And we're going to go the next seven Sundays talking about these. And if you don't know this, what I do as, as a pastor every year, I take a retreat around October. I go for two days and I write sermons for the whole year. And also I, I like to pray and ask God to show me uh, a theme for the year. And so in uh, 2020, it was the year of the city. 2021 was the year of growth. 2022 was the year of faith. And today I want to announce on Vision Sunday that this year is going to be the year of discipleship. The year of discipleship. I know you hear discipleship and you're like, okay, that's like not that exciting, but we're going to unpack that throughout this whole year. And so what happened, what I, did, what I did last year, 2022, is I sort of set the foundation of the gospel. Like, what is the gospel? Like, what did Jesus do for us? And you might have heard it over and over uh, again, things that I would say such as, Jesus did it all for us, right? It's not about what I do for God. It's about what God did for me. You might have heard Jesus doesn't save and forgive us because we are good. He saves us and forgives us because he is good. I've said things like the only thing that we add to our salvation is the sin that made Jesus' sacrifice necessary. So it's all about him. We are only recipients of forgiveness and grace. We are only on the receiving end of this transaction. He doesn't, he doesn't love us because we love him. He loves us first because we are his children. This is a one-way love. And so I pretty much talked about that last year. I talked about this whole idea of that we receive uh, love and the gospel through, through Jesus. And so as we're going into this year of discipleship, I need to make sure that you understand that the gospel isn't something that we're going to move past. Like, I heard the gospel, I understand it, now we need to move past into other things. Because I grew up believing that, that the gospel was for the unbeliever. In other words, that, that what you had to do was you had to, you had to hear the gospel, and once you heard the gospel and you understood it and you received it, like you got baptized, you marked a card, you did a sinner's prayer, then you, were, you no longer needed the gospel and you could move on to deeper things. Let me just tell you this. It doesn't get any deeper than the gospel. You don't move past the gospel. You go deeper into the gospel. And I don't know about you, but I, I need the good news every day. Like, I need the gospel of Jesus Christ every single day. I need his forgiveness. I need his grace. I need his joy. I will never move past that. And so as we go into this whole concept of of discipleship, 
we're going to look at it through the lens of the gospel. And so as I said earlier, we're going to go through the core values of our, of our church through the lens of discipleship. If you don't know this, we have seven core values at this church. You might have seen them uh, posted around somewhere. Number one is Jesus is our pursuit. Number two is hope is our flag. Number three is people are our passion. Number four is worship is our spirit. Number five is service is our heartbeat. Number six is generosity is our privilege. And then number seven is prayer is our anchor. So we're going to start today with the first one. Remember which one it was? Jesus is our pursuit. All right, let's do this. Have you ever been afraid? Ever been afraid? Yes, never? Never been afraid? There's a lot of fears. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some fears, and you're going to tell me what those are, okay? Acrophobia. Fear of heights. That's arachnophobia. It's pretty close, though. Claustrophobia. Fear of enclosed spaces. Entomophobia. Fear of, fear of, yes, perfect, perfect. Ophidophobia, fear of snakes. Sinophobia, fear of dogs, yes. Um, this is the one that always gets me. Phobophobia, fear of being scared, right? And so we, we, we can joke around about, about fears, but fears are, are a real thing. Like we all have Fear, like if you look at it globally, you think about the, maybe the, the, the direction of this country or the leadership in this country, and that might, that might scare you. You might think about the, the, the job that you have currently or your future in wherever you're at, your health. Whatever it is, there's, there's things that, that scare you. Like there's a fear in you, and fear can be, can be crippling. The Bible talks, uh, 365 times talks about the whole idea of don't be scared, don't be scared, don't, fear not, fear not, fear not. You see, fear is, a, is a, big, a big thing. It's such an important issue. That's why the story that I just read about the disciples in the boat and facing this storm is so appropriate. Because we have these fears, and we talk about the fear that the disciples had. And the, the fear that the disciples had was, was a fear that we can all relate to. Because life is scary sometimes. And you see, the problem is that we, we have these fears in our life, and we have these things, this unknown thing that might or might not happen in the future. And what we try to do is we try to create this proverbial boat around ourselves, right? We try to make our life, our life safe. Maybe you have a retirement fund. Maybe you have a, you have a house. You, you're trying to build a godly foundation around your home. Maybe you've, you've taken steps toward your health so that you can feel safe for your relationships. Maybe you have a, a solid marriage. Maybe you look at your kids and you're like, man, I've been teaching them the scriptures. And so you feel like you have this, this foundation around you. And that brings you a sense of stability, some of you may look around yourselves and you're like, man, I could, I could probably face some, some pretty harsh waters here because I've done a pretty good job at, putting, at setting myself up for success to be able to, to face the world. But we need to be careful with that because you may believe that the reason why you have been able to weather some storms in your life is because you have done such a good job in creating this foundation, this boat that will help you face these stormy waters. And it's important to understand that, that when the winds are calm and you have these waves in your life, you can think about 
your life, and you're like, yeah, I, I've been here before. I, I can manage this. I, I think it's, it's pretty predictable what's going to happen next. We've, we've been preparing for this. It's all good. You feel safe because of this boat that you have created around you until the winds start to pick up. And we've all been there. And some of you are there right now. And it's really harsh right now. And you don't know what's next. And you may think, yeah, I think I can keep going because I think I've been preparing for this. But my question to you today is what happens when it gets worse? What do you do when it gets worse? When it just gets really, really hard? You may say, Pastor, you don't understand. I've got this. I've been here before. And very respectfully, I want to tell you, if your answer is, I've got this, I've been here before, you need to be careful. That is a terrible answer. You see, I want to, be, I want to lovingly tell you this morning that your biggest storm very likely may be ahead of you. Now, my question to you today is, are you ready for that? You see, no matter how well-constructed your boat is, it will not be enough when the real one comes. If you look at the disciples, many of them were fishermen. They knew, they, they knew their stuff. They knew their boats. They knew, they knew what they were doing. They were familiar with the winds. They were familiar with the boat. But in that moment, something changed. And they, they couldn't go back and look at, oh, yeah, I've been here before. I know what to do. This was a big one. This was different. They were, they were scared. The same boat that they had been using forever now to them seemed useless. No one could go back to past experiences. There was no, I've been here before. This wasn't that. This was different. Furious squall came up, the Bible says, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So their sense of security was gone. So what did they do? What do you do in those moments? Well, they, they went to Jesus. They go to Jesus. And where do they find him? He was sleeping. He was sleeping on a cushion, which I love that, that Mark adds that. He wasn't just sleeping. He was sleeping on a cushion, right? And so it's not that he just kind of fell asleep. He's like, no, I'm, I'm sleeping. Like, I'm taking a nap here. This was an intentional idea that Jesus had. He was going to sleep, okay? So he made himself a little bed. He didn't just fall asleep. He decided to sleep. So my question to you today is, have you ever felt like Jesus was sleeping through your storm? Have you ever felt like Jesus is uninvolved? Have you ever felt that Jesus is distant? That you're going through something and he seems uninterested, he seems silent, he doesn't seem to care, it seems like he's off to better things? I have. See, the disciples were baffled. They didn't know what was going on. I mean, first of all, who sleeps through a storm? Like sleeping through a storm. It's pretty interesting. And so the conclusion that they came to as disciples is Jesus doesn't care about us. They literally say that. Teacher, do, don't you care if we drown? Have you ever felt like Jesus doesn't care if you drown? Have you ever felt like he doesn't care if your marriage fails? Have you ever felt like he doesn't care that you lose your job? Have you ever felt that Jesus doesn't care that you're sick or that your parents are sick? Have you ever felt that he doesn't care about your anxiety? Have you ever felt that he doesn't care about your depression? Have you ever felt that he doesn't care that you're alone? Have you ever felt that he doesn't care that, you're, that you have a child that is far from God? 
And the list goes on. You see, it seems logical that if Jesus is sleeping, that he doesn't care about what happens to them because he's sleeping. Have you ever experienced the silence of Jesus? I have, and so did the disciples. And you may ask yourself, what what about the promise that Jesus makes to us that he will never leave us? Hebrews 13, 5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. You see, the same is true for you. Listen, like on the boat, listen to this, like on the boat, the fact that he was silent did not mean that he was absent. Never confuse the silence of Jesus or the silence of God with his absence. You see, in your situation right now, Jesus may be silent, but he's not absent. He's not absent. He's here. He's with you. He cares. He's silent, but he's not absent. He's with you. He will help you. He will never leave you. You see, Jesus did finally get up. He did finally wake up, right? But, but I, don't, I don't think that the disciples learned the lesson. I think that there's a lesson that Jesus wanted to teach the, the disciples that they did not learn in the moment when they were supposed to learn it, but they learned it after. You see, Jesus was trying to teach them a lesson that I believe Jesus wants us to learn today as well. And we find it in verses 39 and 40. It says this, he got up, he rebuked the winds and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I'm like, why were we so afraid? Like, really? That's what he asks? Like, I don't want to die today. Of course I'm afraid. Of course I'm afraid. Why are you so afraid? It's obvious. And and he may ask the same thing of you today, and that question may seem strange to you. Like, Like, why are you afraid? 365 times in the Bible, why are you afraid? Well, I'm I'm afraid because I don't want to lose my marriage. I'm afraid because I don't want to drown in debt. I'm afraid because I don't want to drown in addiction. I'm afraid because I don't want my loved one to die, and I don't want my child to be far from you. Of course I'm afraid. How would I not be afraid? And so this morning I want to tell you that I believe Jesus was doing something in the disciples that he's trying to do with you and I as well today. And here it is. Jesus wants us to look beyond the storm. He wants us to look beyond the storm. He doesn't want us to focus on the storm. He wants us to look beyond the storm. I feel like the disciples didn't get it until the very end. And I think the reaction that the disciples had toward what Jesus did gives us a key here. The key to ending fear is here. You see, Jesus just did something amazing for them. He literally just saved their lives. But the interesting thing about this story is that the fact that he saved their lives becomes a footnote and not the main issue, which is really strange because if somebody does something amazing for you, like like a doctor cures you from cancer, you're like celebrating because I no longer have cancer. It's a big deal. Somebody gives you a car, you're like, man, look at this car. You're so excited about the car. You know, something something happens in your life that, that is amazing and you're celebrating because of the thing that you received or, or the thing that, that was done for you. But in this case, it was different with the disciples. You see, the disciples weren't jumping up and down because Jesus just saved their lives. 
They weren't like, oh, we, like, we don't have to die today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, no, it was not that. It wasn't about the thing that Jesus did for them because what was their reaction? You guys remember? It wasn't a jumping up and down because we're no longer going to die. It's not we are saved. It's not that. Right? It's who is this man? Who is like, who, who is this person that the winds obey him and he's able to calm a storm? So their focus wasn't on the storm. Their focus was on the person who did something that they could not explain. I think that is the lesson here. And it's the lesson for the disciples and it's the lesson for you and me today. They switched from the miracle to the miracle worker. They switch from the provision to the provider. They switch from the gift to the giver. And, and this is my hope for you this morning. You see, common knowledge will tell us that fear, that, the, that, our, that our fear is based on the storm. And that's normal. We, we, we feel that. Like death, change, loss, pain. Like, like that our fear is on the storm. Like this storm is coming, so I'm scared. And the logic is that that. The way to free yourself from the storm is if you build yourself this great boat that will take away your fear and you no longer have to fear anything. That is not the message. And it's also not the message that, that if you follow Jesus, he will give you a boat that is so sturdy that you'll be able to face anything. That is not the message either. What he's saying is, that when the storm takes your boat out and you are left stranded, that you will not be alone. That, that Jesus will be with you. He will be with you. He promises to be with you. He will never leave you. Because the, I, we, we know pain. Like we understand what pain is. And we understand that pain is, is scary. And the promise isn't the resolution of the thing that you're praying for. The promise is he'll never leave you. That's why we're not afraid. Not because nothing is coming, but because we know that even if the worst comes, Jesus is there with us. And he's never leaving us. You see, life is a mist. And I want to be honest with you. He may heal you. He may not. He may end the, the war in Ukraine. He may not. He may show you the way out of your financial distress. He may not. He may restore your broken relationship. He may not. Safety only comes in one person, and his name is Jesus. That's it. That's all we got, by the way. So here's the... Here's the the thing I want you to think about as we close this morning. If you're scared that your marriage is going to end, the calling is see beyond that. Because at the end of the day, everything's going to be okay. If you're scared that, you're, that there's no way out of your financial distress, see beyond that storm. Because at the end of the day, everything's going to be okay. If, if you're wondering about your health, like I don't know if I'm going to recover or if my my friend who's sick or my family member who's sick, I don't think they're going to ever get better. 
The calling is to look beyond that because at the end of the day, everything's going to be okay. If you have a child that is far from God and you have that storm in front of you, at the end of the day, you need to understand everything's going to be okay. Psalm 46 says this, verse 1, God is my refuge and my strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. Though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, we will not fear. And here's why. Not because we have the strongest boat, but because God is our strength. So here's how I'll end this. What is it that we're looking at that's beyond the storm? What's beyond that storm? What is it? If you're in church, the answer is usually Jesus. And it's true. Revelation 21 gives us a glimpse of what's coming. And that's where our eyes need to be placed. Not here. Not the storm here. Not our possible successes here. Because life is like this. There's one thing we need to look at. And we get a glimpse through the Apostle John in Revelation 21, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. That means you and me. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. I'm going to ask if we could... Uh, have a moment of prayer here so we could just close our eyes and bow our heads and I'm going to say a few things and then I'm going to pray. If you're here this morning and you're afraid, that, I want to tell you, is normal. There are reasons to be afraid. If you need Jesus to help you this morning to be able to see beyond the storm, I want you to raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you. Just raise your hand and put it right back down. I just want to see, amen, amen, amen. Lord God, this morning, we pray that you will help us, that, we will, that you will help us see beyond the storm. We're all either have just passed through a storm or in a storm or are going to face one in the near future. I pray, Lord God, that we will not put any of our hope in the things that we have built for ourselves, but that we will put all of our hope in the fact that you finished everything for us on the cross 2,000 years ago. I pray for the hands that were raised this morning, that you will especially help them make this message their own. And when things get hard and when the storm seems like it's going to take out the boat and when the boat goes under and we're stranded, that we will always remember that at the end of the day, we have everything that we need because you have purchased everything for us. So we pray these things and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.